Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Let's get back to uh, some football and uh, talk to Eric Eager, Executive Director and research of Research and Development for Pro Football Focus uh, at PFF underscore Eric. Eric, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. How about you? Uh, doing well. No, uh, no preseason game for the uh, Hall of Fame game. They've canceled that. They're uh, tarping off the first six to eight rows of stadiums now. Um, before we get into the analytics side of things, how realistic is it? Do you think that we're actually going to have an NFL season? You know, I, I think uh, it, it's, it's certainly a little more dicey than it was, you know, ten to fourteen days ago. Um, you know, I, I hope that the NFL is taking, you know, sort of the news of the last you know, two weeks and saying, you know, we have to make sure that all of our protocols are in place um, because, you know, if it wasn't going to happen now, it's probably going to happen when everybody showed up for training camp. Um, so, you know, I, I'm still bullish. I still think it's far over 50%, especially that, that we start the season. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of things that need to be ironed out before, before we have a football season in the NFL and this, you know, especially college football. How much – um, you guys just do analytics. Now, it's not necessarily regarding the record books, but, you know, when you start getting guys, eventually guys are going to test positive somewhere along the way. How how should we view this season statistically? Because some guys use their stats to garner them contracts down the road. So how should we view this season? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, you know, we, we have transferred, I think, a little bit, and we do a decent amount of work with agents and things like that. Things like that. So I, I think people are less, likely um you know to to gravitate towards the counting stats anyway um when it comes to negotiations and the like it's a lot about efficiency so for example you know like aaron jones you know when you talk about him he hasn't he hasn't had an 1800 yard rushing season right but people i think understand that he's still one of the more efficient running backs in the league you know dalvin cook of minnesota as well last season was his first season with over a thousand yards and yet you know reportedly his asking price was around that of christian mccaffrey who's accomplished a lot more so I think the traditional, the counting stats are going to be, are, are, have been devalued anyway. But yeah, in this season, I mean, we're not going to have, you know, as many players play all the games. Um, I think there are going to be players that sit out from a precautionary standpoint. Um, and it's just going to be, you know, a little bit different. But we're going to have to deal with that in the NFL anyway, because 
uh, you know, 12 months from now, we're going to be playing 17 games. Do you, um, do you think that when you talk about Dalvin Cook and there was some talk about him holding out and such and he wanted McCaffrey money, I mean, is that value there in that sense? Uh, or when you talk about just efficiency, uh, kind of tell people what exactly you're talking about when it comes to efficiency. You know, I, I don't think it's there. I mean, I think most running backs are, you know, very much a product of the table that's being set for them by the offensive line and by the opponent's defense and, um, you know, the situation that they're in. I mean, you look at his backup, Alexander Madison, which was a third-round pick out of Boise State in 2019. After, you know, he had more yards per carry than Cook last year. You know, if you adjust for the number, he faced more men in the box than Dalvin Cook did last year and still was super efficient from a yards per carry or expected points. Cook got more volume, which is great. And we saw, you know, Green Bay with Aaron Jones, once they finally gave him the volume, he deserved how much, you know, he was, he produced. But the hard part is, you know, you look at, you know, when Cook was a rookie, tore his ACL in week four, and the Vikings went 11 and one without him and with a quarterback, you know, named Case Keenum, you know, and it's, you know, Adrian Peterson won, has won as many playoff games as the Vikings as Latavius Murray did as a starting running back. And, you know, it's hard because what they do is so impressive and, and, takes a lot to be a running back in the NFL, but when you take a bird's eye view of it, it, it doesn't move the needle as much. And so when you're the Minnesota Vikings and you're looking at, you know, the salary cap hell they put themselves in over the past, you know, uh, three, four years, especially with that contract that they gave out to Kirk Cousins, it doesn't make a lot of sense to pay Dalvin Cook the top of the market, to, you know, independent of the fact that he's been extremely valuable, you know, extremely uh, uh, productive for them and extremely impressive. Um, I'm thinking about uh, Aaron Jones coming up on a contract as well. Now, you mentioned him, and you look at his efficiency. He hasn't had 1,800 yards this year. Could be different. Second year in the system, the way they want to utilize him, although they got A.J. Dillon now, who may uh, you know, kind of take some of the lion's share away from, uh, from Aaron Jones, but because they want to find out what they have in this guy. But when it comes to Aaron Jones, what would his market value be kind of looked at? I mean, we talking 10, 12, 14 million dollars a year if indeed he has another solid season like he had last year? I mean, if he plays like he did a season ago and the Packers are leaning into the running back market the way that, you know, and I think they're very much trying to emulate San Francisco and San Francisco paid a lot of money to Tevin Coleman and paid a lot of money to Jarek McKinnon who hasn't gotten on the field for them. Um, you know, if they're trying to lean into that you know, worldview, I, I think Jones gets the contract that McCaffrey got, you know, a year later, you know, factoring in all those things, um, which is, you know, it's a little tricky, but it's $16 million APY. So that, you know, and the Packers last season paid the most money in the NFL to the combination of quarterback, offensive line, wide receiver, and tight end. And I think that they're, you know, when they look at, you know, how, how productive they were as an offense, they're like, well, that didn't seem to work. So we're going to sort of, transition this more you know run heavy offense and, and you know paying Aaron Jones and seem consistent with that I just don't know you know as you as you know as people can point out like I talked about the two San Francisco running backs that they paid well the one that ended up being their their bell cow was a seven-time cut undrafted free agent in Rocky, Rocky Mostert so you know if I'm a Packer fan I'm hoping that they lean into Dylan and you know other lower lower price options and possibly trade Jones for uh you know future draft picks 
We've seen uh, some ratings come out over the last uh, couple of weeks regarding uh, the quarterback play in this league. Where does Aaron Rodgers, in, in this new system, we all expect him to play better in the second year or at least put up statistically better numbers in the second year of the Matt LaFleur system, but where does Aaron Rodgers, because where does he rank in the sense that last year and then you look at the last couple of years prior to there's been a, a somewhat of a decline because ever since he broke that collarbone on his throwing shoulder, uh, it seems like the numbers have been a lot different. We'll say. Yeah, I mean Aaron Rodgers when he play when he's playing with good support and he's he's locked in. I think in like 2000, he hasn't really been an elite quarterback since probably his MVP year of 2014, except for certain stretches. You know, 2016 when they started four and six and won, you know, six in a row and then a couple playoff games, I don't think we've ever seen him play better. Uh, and, you know, when he's locked in like that, he ranks among the top guys in the league. I mean, you throw Mahomes in there, obviously Wilson and, and you know, Watson and, uh, you know, guys like that. And, you know, Rodgers is right up there. Um, when he plays poorly or he doesn't play within the system or in the case of, you know, what McCarthy did and then what, you know, Lafleur has continued, when he doesn't have much more than one really good wide receiver, it it he's a middle of the pack quarterback, and and, that, and that's a really tricky thing to, to sort of square because you know they're not going to be you know chances are they're not going to be ahead as much as a thirteen and three team is, and so he's going to have to you know put three wide receivers on the field and drop back to throw more than he did a season ago, and when your receivers are you know Adams, but then Dick Devin Funches and some Equinemia St. Brown and you know Alan Lazard and you know not. Not the Randall Cobb, Jordy Nelson, Greg Jennings, Donald Driver, you know, James Jones group that he had back in the day. I, I, I lean more towards the middle of the pack than I do, you know, the elite level quarterback. But I'm certainly never surprised when I see him play like one of the best in the league. By the way, we're talking with Eric Eager, Executive Director of Research and Development of Pro Football Focus. Kirk Cousins got one win in the postseason finally under his belt. Is is his Kirk um, has his numbers and his play risen exponentially? Is he a better quarterback than uh, than what his say postseason record has indicated, or is he pretty much what we think he is? I yeah, I think everybody's wrong about Kirk Cousins, right? The people that like will you know play him in fantasy football because of the stats he puts up are probably overvaluing him because a lot of his stats come in games where he's behind, uh, and you know oftentimes he puts them behind. Uh, and you know, you know it, it's not it's not coincidence that he had better statistics in 2018. You know, as far as you know, t- touchdowns and yardage, but the Vikings weren't as good as they were in 19 when they relied on the run game a little more. They played six backup quarterbacks, all that kind of stuff, and he was more successful. I I kind of view I don't think Kirk Cousins has the upside of Aaron Rodgers. If I'm saying you know at his best, where is he? He's probably a top six or seven quarterback. But I think his downside is also kind of similar to Rodgers, where if you don't put support around him, if you don't protect him, if you don't get leads on defense, then he's probably a middle-of-the-pack guy. And if you look at the Minnesota Vikings going into 2020, they, they traded his best receiver. The offensive line is still shaky. The offensive coordinator that he had so much success with is now the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. And the defense is missing all three of their starting corners from a season ago, as well as you know a longtime stalwart in Everson Griffin. He's going to be behind a little bit more this year, and I think that that much like with Rodgers, it's not going to be as much about him, you know, throwing from ahead or throwing out of heavy personnel. He's going to have to play with three, four wide receivers at a time and come back. And in 2018, we saw him have to do that, and he wasn't quite as impressive as he was last season.
Can we expect anything out of Detroit this year? Uh, Matthew Stafford coming back. They're trying to give him some weaponry and also bolster that defense. I mean, nobody's talking about Detroit, and maybe rightfully so, but what do you expect out of them in this division? You know, I think they're going off at anywhere from 6-1 to one to 9-1 to one to win the division. I think that's far too – those odds are far too long. I think you look at – you know, they were a team that when Matthew Stafford started, every single game was, was within one score, uh, including the Green Bay game on Monday night where, you know, there, there were questionable calls. They were a 500 team when Stafford got injured, and that was despite their defense not playing very well. They go out and get Jeffrey Akuda. They got Desmond Trufant, uh, Jamie Collins from the New England Patriots. Now, I'm a little – Bears still on, on Matt Patricia as a coach, but you look at that team, no team in the division has a better trio of wide receivers than Detroit. Uh, you know, Daryl Bevel and Matthew Stafford had something going well last season when he got hurt. The offensive line is, is okay, good enough, um, and they have an easier schedule than the rest of the teams in the division. So when you look at Detroit, I, I, I think that they're being underrated, and, and you know, a lot of it is the fact that they literally have never won the NFC North, and they haven't played a home playoff team since 1993. Uh, and you know, that, that it's fair, I think. But when you look at the division, they're much closer to Minnesota and uh, Green Bay than, you know, Chicago is. And I think much closer to them, to them than people think. Eric, great stuff, man. I appreciate it. And uh, once we get rolling, and hopefully we get rolling, we'll get you back on the program, okay? Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely, pal. Talk to you soon. Executive Director of Research and Development for Pro Football Focus. That is Eric Eager. You can find him on Twitter at PFF underscore Eric. He joins us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard. They treat you fair. 80-plus years. They've been doing it. Call them 844-PRIDE or go to schneiderjobs.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.